All right. It's that time. It's time for Beyond Sight and Sound. Let's do this. like to optimize your success out in the field metal detecting and gold prospecting one word coil tech they've been manufacturing high performance aftermarket coils for years now for popular models such as the e-track the sovereign the explorer series the gpx series and our favorite the 10x5 for the CTX 3030. Great target separation in trashy areas, still maintaining excellent depth for the coil size. Coil Tech is optimizing discovery, your potential for success in the field. You can check them out at coiltechmanufacturing.com.au. Caution. Please do not operate motor vehicles or power equipment while under the influence of this show. Listening to this show could cause side effects such as bouts of laughter, violent binges of cabin fever, and even dreams of silver and gold. Please be advised. Now that the fine print is out of the way, on with the show. That's right, we're back and we're live once again. You are listening to Beyond Sight and Sound, Metal Detecting and Treasure Hunting Radio for all the really cool digging people out there. And as I look into the chat, I see that uh, Ohio Relic Hunter was first through the gate. How did that happen? I'm sure Homefinder's still in shock. Uh, we'll see what happens on the next show, though. Uh, also, we see that uh, Homefinder's in, obviously. Bill's plural yes the bills are in the house barbs and ken uh good show too uh last night with with him if if you didn't catch that on history seekers uh mark suki chuck our favorite uh dealer here on the show chuck smalley sw detectors shooters and prospectors check him out on facebook 
throw him a like if you haven't already. If you're looking for a dealer, look him up. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Uh, very straight shooter. Uh, great guy to deal with, really. I've dealt with him on a number of occasions myself. Uh, Mark's in the house. Uh, Jason. And Gone Diggin' is in the house as well. Uh, obviously, for those who have caught the links or caught the past episodes, you know that he was going to be the guest tonight. And if you haven't checked out his YouTube channel or Facebook group, Real easy to find. Just look here at the show description. I put the links in earlier this afternoon. So they're right there. Clickbait alert. You can go ahead and just click the link, copy, paste, whatever, however you navigate the internet, and be able to get right to his YouTube channel if you haven't already subscribed, which if you haven't, you're going to want to. I'm sure that we'll hear some about his giveaway update at some point in the show. And, hey... The, the group on Facebook, he just started out, uh, you know, go check it out. It's small right now, but it's growing. I'm, as a matter of fact, I know it's growing. I'm seeing people post, thanks for the ad. I'm seeing people being welcomed. So, yeah, good times. But, uh, you know, we can hear me run on any old time. So let's get the guest in here and see how he's doing. How's it going, Matt? That's great, Josh. Thanks for having me on this evening. <clears throat> oh, no problem. No problem at all. I uh, figured it, it would be interesting to hear what all has been going on in your adventures, especially here lately, because uh, I believe, if I remember right, uh, recently, <laughs> what, two months ago or something like that, you had been the guest on Relics Radio. I'm not sure. I don't believe you had found your gold coin by that point. So there's been a lot I, I of things had, going on. Yeah, I mean, I even had a visitor come hang out with me and go digging for a little while. Um, yeah, it's been a, a busy, uh, actually a really busy, productive spring, to be honest with you. Right. Um, and I now, mean, man, making killer finds, bringing out the new group, doing some work on the channel, working with a giveaway. I, I don't know how you find the time. <laughs> it hadn't... Uh, Hadn't been uh, easy, but uh, it's fun. Um, shoot, I mean, you know, the, I guess the big, uh, the big news, or I guess around the metal technical world, was found that five dollar gold coin, and um, that was, I guess, a little over a month ago now. Um, right. So that was, uh, you know, you know, in this hobby, you have those things that you consider bucket list finds that you you hope to find one day. You think they're obtainable? Well, gold coin was never a, a bucket list find for me. It was, it was the pinnacle of uh, of the metal detecting world, you know. <laughs> right? Yeah, especially when you find out it's a five dollar gold coin and not a two and a half. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, but so I had I had that um, a couple weeks ago. Miss um, Barb came and uh, and her travels stopped by, and uh, we got five or six hours in a couple of colonial house sites. And uh, I got to give her a hard time. We go to a, a house, beautiful colonial plantation built in 1710, and Barb digs mercury dimes and war nickels. <laughs> well, she, she was on the silver kick, I guess. But even at that, you know, why not dig oh, no. seated dimes? 
Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, we had a great time. Um, Barb's a great great gal to hang out with, a lot of fun. Um, and just to be out and uh, kind of share digging experience with something, someone new like that, or really anybody new, it's, uh, just be outside digging was, was worth it. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Nice. Well, I know Barb mm-hmm. really enjoyed herself. Uh, that was definitely very, very... Uh, generous of you to extend the invitation like that and and to make her feel welcome and take her out hunting and stuff really got a kick out of it yeah it was a lot lot of fun lot of fun uh, and then just um now it's water season i saw that so yeah it's been um you know uh virginia here in Virginia, having the tidal waters we do, you have to have a permit to get in the tidal waters. But, um, man, it is, uh, it's, it's been pretty productive now that the rivers have calmed down and we've got, uh, we've got some, some good low water, some good tides to work with right now. So. Right. And from the way the uh, picture looked the other day that I saw that you had posted in the Gone Digging group, it looked like you may have been doing possibly a little bit of diving that day. Yeah, some um, shallow water diving, nothing more than about 12 feet. Um, But the area, (laughs) Barb says I saved all the bullets for myself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But the area I was um, in the the bullets were just out of the range of all the other previous hunters that had hunted this area. So not not hunting anywhere special, not anywhere any anyone else didn't think of, just in a different manner. Right, right. Nothing wrong with that at all. So I guess uh maybe before we get rolling I see everybody is uh dropped into the chat pretty much. So figure we'll take a few minutes here and just do some rapid fire questions with you and throw you into the treasure hunter hot seat if you think you're ready. Sounds good, let's go. Alright, so we'll just shoot off some real quick questions and you just fire back with the answer and, and we can go on in further detail on some of them if you've got more detail after we uh get through a few questions and see how it goes. So I guess we'll we'll, uh, start out with what got you into the hobby? Uh, I was nine years old, always wanted to do it. Oh, wow. Okay. High-frequency coils, elliptical or round? Elliptical. Interesting. Low-frequency coils, nine or 11? Nine. Favorite find? Uh, South Carolina militia belt plate. Wow, that's kind of surprising. Very cool find, though. Very cool find. What got you into water hunting? Um, it was too hot to dig outside. <laughs> to dig on the land. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been detecting? I've actually been only been detecting since uh, the fall of 2009, early 2000. And maybe no, I'll say 2010. And water hunting? Uh, water hunting for two years with the CTX. Worst water hunting experience or scariest? Uh, two days ago, I walked up onto a water moccasin that was looking straight at me, and he was less than a foot and a half away from me. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. It's a good thing the good thing the water was already brown. What machine did you start with? 
I started out with a uh, MindLab E-Track. Nice. Mm-hmm. Not bad. How many machines do you own now? I currently own uh, XP Deus with two coils, uh, CTX3030 with three coils, and a MindLab GPX with four coils. Nice. Well then, uh, I, I'm sure if any of the uh, listeners have any other questions during the show, they'll be sure to call in and and uh, ask us. But uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. So I know I would just I was just kind of elaborate on like my metal detecting story when I started off. Um, or or what interested me, I guess. Yeah. Um. So you know. I was I was born in the '80s, and by the time I I grew up, um, so I lived in the in the middle of the the hotbed of the Confederacy. Um, in in my my county I live in in Virginia, had over a hundred thousand troops in uh, 1864 alone. In the uh, the course of of the month of June, and then. From you know 1861 all the way to to the end of the war, probably more than a half a million troops passed through my county. Um, so with all of that, when I was growing up, it wasn't unreal to walk out in fields and find bullets. Well, in those days, there were guys at my babysitters where we would hang out after school, and we'd see guys in the field every day after school, out with their swinging their nautiluses. And uh, I never talked to them, but I always wanted to know what they were finding. So fast forward through life, past high school, past uh, thing, as things go, I ended up moving to Montana. Well, I bought my E-Track when I lived in Montana. And uh, I said, well, maybe I'll just try my little taking campsites. Um, and all I, I was all hunting was modern, like, National Forest campsites, I'd get permission from the park rangers and maybe find a silver ring. But I really got heavy into it about uh, the fall of 2010 when I moved back to Virginia permanently. I see. So looking back, uh, it, it sounds like you were always intrigued with relic hunting and, you know, tried the other stuff while you were in Montana and maybe maybe that relic hunting didn't come full circle for you until you got back to Virginia. But what was, can you look back and, and think, yeah, it was this find that really bit me that I was, there's just no turning back, I'm hooked. <laughs> so my first relic hunting experience, um, so I moved back to Virginia, I got married, and I, was, I had my e-track, but I didn't really know where to go. Well, I kind of, I started picking up Library of Congress maps, and I said, well, you know, these maps are pretty popular, um, but I started overlaying them into Google Maps, and um, I found what I thought was a house site. Well, the house was built in the 1890s, but the map showed a house in the 1830s or 40s there, and um, I got permission in the, the farm, and I stepped into, uh, into a little pasture, and the first day, I dug 35 flat buttons. And <laughs> nice. I said, I said, man, this relic hunting thing, was, this is easy. And this right, is this fun. is pretty simple. Well, what I didn't know, I actually had 
stumbled into a very small Confederate undug three-day camp, maybe two nights, three days. Wow. Um, so and, so you found out real quick then that it doesn't always go down like this. <laughs> no, I, you know, and what it made what it taught me was the value of research very quickly. Absolutely. Um, you know, because I learned that one nobody had done the research on this. I just happened to stumble into it through um just I guess an off chance idea. Um, but it really showed me if you take the time and do the legwork before, you know, relic hunting 60% research in 20% or 10% going out in the finds and 30% preserving the history for when we're not here to hold on to it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. That does make sense. And, and you're right. I mean, the more effort you put into having a knowledge of the area that you're hunting, the the better the odds that you're going to be more successful in the field when you get there. Right, absolutely. So I um I was really um really taken back with how how important that was and that's really actually what what has led me to be so successful in my relic hunting um since I've started. Um so yeah that was my first experience Swing a metal detector in a field. I said, "Man, look at all these flat buttons. These things are everywhere." <laughs> right. I, this is I, easy stuff. Out of that camp, I ended up digging um, five Virginia buttons, uh, Confederate artillery button, uh, North Carolina local button, and a bunch of Eagle buttons. Wow. Barb's probably yeah. all sorts of aggravated at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was. I was trying. I was. Trying to get, uh, I guess I gave her a little bit of a history lesson. I wasn't, that wasn't my goal. I was just enjoying her company. Well, still, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was still a fun time the way it sounds. Barb had a blast. So, uh, yeah. that's the important part. Sometimes it's not necessarily all about the fines. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we had a good day. We found a few things. We think of those, a few flat buttons and Barb, Barb and her joking and her silver. Uh, joke did dig a absolutely killer uh probably early 1700s uh english stamped apothecary weight yeah that that was very cool i'm i'm sure she was rather surprised when you told her what she had yeah that's a really neat find just something you don't find a lot or i don't find a lot of you know oh it's really neat right uh, and I noticed too the I believe the day that you two were out on the uh, colonial sites uh, looked like you were running your dais as well. Was that the only machine you were running that day? Yeah, so I, I stick with the dais and the home sites. Um, I'm a I don't have a a lot of experience with the Equinox and some of the other guys in the chat may or listening may have experience with it. Um, but a, a fun the day is, is, is the adjustability of the day is, is what I want in those sites. Um, and it's honestly contributed to a huge, huge amount of my success, um, especially in the older, really worn out places. Um, and 
a lot of the times I'll mix it up between if I'm in the woods and I have a heavy iron patch, I'll hunt the high frequency coil over the nine inch uh, round. Right. Um, just because you can slide the thing up in the bushes and under the prickly briars where older guys wouldn't want to dig because why would they? They had everywhere else to go. Yeah, absolutely, uh-huh. and uh, especially with that, that high-frequency elliptical, you can nose into those smaller spots like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, uh, I, uh, I so I, that's why I like that, um, that coil. Now, the 9-inch um, just standard uh, coil is pretty much a go-to coil for me um, for the depth when you transition in and out of house sites and the farm fields and um, and then back in or whatever you're doing. It, it, it works really well for me. Right, and for no bigger than what it is, that thing does have some surprising depth. Yeah, it's um, – it's really, uh, really incredible. Um, I've seen bullets um, 17, 18 inches deep with that. Yeah, I, it, sometimes I see people post some of the stuff that they find with the dais, and it's like, good Lord, it was how deep? <laughs> yeah. The coils shouldn't yeah. pick up on it at that depth. <laughs> no, you know, it really shouldn't. And you know what they say, the average is uh, the coil size is going to be your average depth. Um, for most machines, but the the nine inch is well beyond that. Um, so it's a uh, it's really incredible. Yeah, and and um, we see that uh, we see that exhibited day in and day out on some of these Facebook groups from the Deus users. Uh, it doesn't seem to matter whether it's the low frequency or the high frequency coils. They have some excellent depth. Yeah, absolutely. What I don't, don't like, and this, it's not a downside of the coil, it's a, down, it's a user error. I've gotten the high frequency, and I've absolutely, I don't know, bumped it up to 70 kilohertz and, on accident, just not paying attention. And, man, that makes every little piece and scrap of lead sound like it is about to jump out the ground at you. Right, yeah, they are hot for them smaller targets. Definitely, but mm-hmm. they, uh, I mean, they, they do have their application in the field. I believe Sunday we were even talking that, uh, you know, they were originally kind of designed for prospecting, but relic hunters have really found a purpose for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, and I understand, you know, coin guys who just coin shoot. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense to me up in, you know, with the dais in general, the fact that you can change the speed on it so quickly to slow it down to get more depth or to, to crank it up to, you know, hunt the the uh, edges or the, around the gutter lines where they dropped all the roofing nails and still pick coins out around those areas is, is what sh- it shines for me. Oh, yeah, uh, and especially in terms there, again, with the high-frequency coils, those things seem to really excel in the iron. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I bet sport. I actually, um, this place I'd seen, I'd seen labeled relics dug in this fort labeled 1949. And, um, that was in the old guys where the guys would take these steel rakes and it'd be a couple guys and everybody would take turn 
and somebody would rake the trench line, somebody would pick out and pick up the bullets and the buttons, but mostly they were looking for the buckles. Um, so you would take your turn, and then I would pick them up, and then you then we would switch and rotate because you couldn't handle these steel rakes. Well, right. I saw uh, a Georgia frame buckle that was labeled 1949 from this fort. Well, I took my day in there. I hunted it with my E-Track in a small coil. Um, I think I used a 6 by 8 butterfly coil for a long time in that fort. Good and coil I thought for I'd the E-Track. Got, oh, it was my, my favorite coil to hunt with. And I right. thought I'd done a pretty good job in there. And I went back in there, and over the course of about a year, I dug 10 more Confederate buttons out of that fort. See, that that's what I like, that no site is ever completely hunted out, and people can be so surprised sometimes, the change just between another machine or a different coil, and you still pop out a few more keepers. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, I, that's my favorite my, my favorite thing. So I feel like I have the, the metal detecting trifecta. I, I would like to have an Excalibur one day for diving purposes oh they're um, nice oh yeah i know i was looking at your video of the anderson straight shaft on yours oh yeah um, that is, that is a great shaft for that detector the that's usually what i recommend to people if they get an excalibur the first thing i tell them is you'll you'll thank yourself later get it off of that stock shaft and get it onto an anderson shaft yeah i'm i've, I've got to get one we've got to it's going to take me some time, but I'm going to have one by the end of the summer, especially for what I started doing with the diving. You could shorten it down and all that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, but, but, um, so I have a CTX I use for my water hunting and, and it transitioned because, you know, here in Virginia, I live, I live, I call it a geographical oddity, two, two hours from the mountains or what we call mountains on the East Coast and two hours from the ocean. Oh, so you're kind um, so, of uh, centrally located. Absolutely. I can jump in the car and be on the beach. If I leave at 9 o'clock and don't hit Virginia Beach traffic, I can be on the beach by 11 and be finding gold rings any time of the day. Hey, um, doesn't sound like a bad problem. Or or I can go west and I can look for some either some of the camps or some of the other, uh, you know, some of the, you know, mining towns or just off the beaten path history around uh, around Virginia. So that's that's nice as well. Plus, where I live in the center, it's, it's pretty much a relic hunter's dream. Right, you um, are in a great spot. I mean, the the uh, the outdoors is your oyster at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So I have the CTX because it'll handle the beach and the salt water, and it'll do any of the uh, freshwater stuff I want to do. Uh, I have the dais for the really trashy house sites where the, the guys say, oh, I've been in there, I've pounded that place out, you're not going to find anything, and you can go and dig coins and buttons and bullets in there that, you know, the older hunters left. And then Sounds I have the like GTX. you're one of those that like the challenge. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Anybody that tells me you won't find anything in there, uh, I'll say, how long can I hunt for? Yep, that just makes uh, me that much more determined going, just one item, that's all I need, oh, just okay. one. That's right. And then uh, the GPX for, say, like uh, like Culpeper County in Virginia here, for like the Digging in Virginia's or the Organized Relic Hunts. And uh, and then really the relics that are out of range of 
all other machines. Right, yeah, they, the, the uh, GPXs do certainly have some depth to them. you got to have a yeah. big shovel for one of those machines. Yeah, a big shovel and a strong back. <laughs> right, yeah, I mean, the way it sounds, you've got multiple coils, so I imagine you've got a few large coils for that thing. I do, I do. Uh, my biggest coil is the 18-inch um, uh, commander coil for the GPX. Wow. What uh what's the other coils you've got for your uh CTX? So my CTX I have the seventeen inch um coil. I really want that coil tech um five by ten, but I don't have it. And then <laughs> I have the six inch six inch coil for it. Well the the five by ten is a nice little coil. Little, little hard to get a hold of anymore, though. From what I hear, usually you see them posted for sale. They go about as quick as they show up. Yeah, that's uh, that's like the perfect water hunting coil. It's closed loop. It's the right size. You can throw a scoop in behind it and pretty much grab whatever you're getting, and it's going to get some reasonable depth. Yeah, and you're not really going to get any drag in the water off of that coil. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, they they are very nice. I I have one myself for my CTX, at least for the time being. I don't know. I've been kicking around the idea of getting off of it and maybe uh, going after one of those elliptical high-frequency coils for the days. Yeah, I mean, I I like it. Um, and I, like you said, I don't. I can't tell you which one's better, the, either the nine or the the nine-inch round or the nine-inch. Elliptical, but I just like because just the shape and what you can do with it. Right, yeah. I think uh, in terms of the difference between the high frequency coils, I think a lot of it just boils down to user preference and their intended application for it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because I can really see that elliptical coil excelling in the uh, the hard to reach spots, like you were saying, as well as in. Uh, the the heavy iron areas to really sniff out those squeakers in the nails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. I mean, that's, that's it right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, and, and you know, being a relic hunter, you look for the iron because that's going to tell you the occupation was there. And then you've got to go through and start slowing down and, you know, listening for those chirps and breaks and everything else to try to squeeze out those targets that nobody else wants to put in the effort to get. <laughs> it's funny. Um, last fall, I was hunting um, a little construction site and saw a guy on a bulldozer said, hey, you care if I metal detect around here? He said, no, I've been letting everybody else go. You can go too. I said, oh, well, <laughs> well, we know people so. have come before me. Well, by the time when I looked up in the field, there were probably uh, there were probably fifteen guys there. I wow! Right on, yeah, yeah. In Virginia, if it's not posted, you know people people don't always ask for permission for construction sites, which is really a poor thing because it gets them posted really quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, the way it sounds, they're they're definitely on the lookout all the time, and you got to get there quick if you want to get ahead of somebody else. It's yeah, it's stiff competition. You and you'll have. I mean, I, I've been on construction sites that have gotten permission for the first day, and the next day you drive by, 
and there'll be 25 guys out on a construction site. And wow. the third day, it'll be posted. Right. Um, That's unfortunate. But, yeah, I mean, it is. But if everybody asked permission or, you know, followed the right way of doing things, we wouldn't have these problems. Um, Very good point. But um, I, uh, so I was working this little hilltop, and I stayed in the same hour, the same 30 by 30 patch for about three and a half hours. And one of the guys, I didn't know him at the time, it's uh, one of my friends, Ross Walker now, he walked up to me and said, hey. He said, you haven't moved in here. I was using the dais, the nine-inch coil, and I was just listening for every different direction, every squeaking sound. I said, yeah, I really haven't haven't moved that much. He said, well, if you haven't moved anywhere, you have to be finding something. (laughs) And I opened my case, and I had three Confederate buttons in my case, and he was like, you've got to be joking me. Um, but it was coil selection and, and, and the machine, you know? Right. I mean, it just goes to show if, if you're determined and persistent and you stay at it, you know, take your time, you'll, you'll still squeak something out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, now when, uh, Barb had visited you, uh, she had called in Sunday and said something about uh, you had checked her settings real quick and, and had told her, said, oh, yeah, you'll find stuff. But Barb was a little confused why she wasn't able to ground balance very well, apparently. And she's like, Matt's finding all the buttons, and, and I'm not finding them. So she seems to think you were holding back on her with some sort of secret program. But, well, see, I didn't uh, know she was, she was ground balancing. Um, so I, I taught a class about ooh, about a year ago on how I used the dais. I won't say it was right, wrong, indifferent. Right, for about just what works guys. for you. Right. Um, and my interpretation of the settings and how it works. Well, I live streamed that class. And Gary Blackwell from XP Dais calls the shop that I was live streaming it. And, um, he, uh, he, he started talking to me and I said, Gary, I'd like to know about ground balancing, you know, all the old machines that I used to hunt with, like the E-Track, you didn't really have to ground balance, but the GPX you do, the old Nautiluses, you had to ground balance. Um, you, you know, I said, what should we be doing? And he told me, he said that the way that 4.1 is set up for the guys who have it set up in their machine is if you are ground balancing and not and getting the ground balance fail, it's because there are not enough minerals in the ground. Right. Um, it's not getting enough of a signal from the ground to adjust, so it just defaults to 90. Right. And generally where I run my ground balance for that is 88. Nice. Well, I and I, and I kind of wonder, too, if maybe that wasn't some of the issue for her, because if I remember correctly, she hasn't updated to 4.1 yet. Yeah, and so then, you know, the 4.1 has the ground sensitivity feature, and, you know, it has a little bit different stuff. But the, the other part is, I just don't, don't think that Barb put a coil over it. She was finding lots and lots of targets. Right. Sometimes that's it. You got to get your coil over the target. 
and uh you know apparently you had the button map that day <laughs> yeah and you know it's i always find it to be the most difficult to go to someone else's spot and hunt with them especially when they've hunted it a couple times right you know because because you find that you're trying to either run around and find the spot or you know there's you have no preconceived or no idea where to go and sometimes i've had the uh, the other person hunting they'll tell me like i try to give people an idea where i've found stuff before if i take you hunting because um because if i if i take you hunting i want you to find something i don't take you because i'm i'll i want to find it all and you to be jealous <laughs> i generally want you to find something right yeah yeah you know, absolutely and uh i've been I've been places with people who got so upset because I found something and I just never understood that. Well, why would you invite me if you didn't want me to find something? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought that was the whole point. We're supposed to go out and look for things and see if we can find. <laughs> especially hunting with somebody, Barb, especially in the guys that I hunt with. For me, I enjoy hanging out and razzing each other and, and laughing and joking, you know. Um, when when I went diving the other day, I didn't even use a machine. I told my buddy, I said, look, this is like six foot of water. You can't dig these out. Uh, I'll dive, pick the targets off the bottom. You just find the signals. We'll just split whatever we find. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, that's a nice way to do it. You know, and but it was fun because it was me looking for targets, and I'd come up and it'd be like, "Oh, I got a good one here. This is what it sounds like," and you know, it was the thrill of the hunt, but it was the experience of sharing it, and and that's the whole point to me of inviting somebody. You know, that gold coin video, I wouldn't have been nearly as excited, and but Ross was, you know, Ross was blown away too, and then Ross digs a, a button, you know, thirty feet, and we're like. Our, our minds were just blown like but we had such a good time because we shared that experience with somebody else you know what i mean yeah absolutely and and you could tell from watching the video that he was very excited for you finding your coin but then again likewise so when he come up with that button <clears throat> yeah you can't you can't help but smile for for those things you know um so i think bill said Bill wanted to say, have you ha had any run-ins with busybodies not wanting you to detect or not understanding what we do? Um, yeah, yeah, Bill, I would say that that's happened um, quite a bit. Um, and it's, you know, when we talk about permissions and stuff like that, I, I actually the place I, I took, um, I took Barb. I told Barb, I said, well, I'll be taking this this field over here beside where we're at. And I said, but I used to have permission from the lady and she sent me a letter one day, at, like just before Christmas and says, you're a nice person, but please don't come back. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think it was because it was Christmas time and her family had gotten a hold of her and said that he's stealing everything from the ground. Um, oh, you know, yeah, that, and, that could be a good possibility. 
And, you know, um, and the other part is I haven't personally had to run in, but when I have a, a water permit, it means that legally anywhere that's tidal water in the state of Virginia, as long as I'm not standing on your shoreline, I can legally go. Um, but uh, I said people, random folks in public, I've had people yell at me about I was digging in their water. Um, I've had random folks just walk, walk up to me and in the middle of like a 40 or 50 acre cornfield, I was all, all cut. I had this lady park her car and run all the way across the field to me and go, what do you find it? And I thought she was going to yell at me and tell me to leave, which I knew I had permission. She goes, well, I want to see it. Well, what kind of metal detector you did? And by the time I was done talking to her, she's running around the field with my days trying to find a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> you had a convert. So, yeah, I actually, she, I gave her, um, your local guy here that helps me out and, um, <laughs> and she went and bought a machine from them, you know? So I was like, wow, I can't believe this. Um, but yeah, I've had all kinds of positive and negative experiences with it. But most of the time, as long as you're on, uh, as long as you're on your, you got the permission, you got the, the good part, you know? Right. Bad yeah. As long as you're happen. in the right. Right. Um, what, uh, I've what machine? What machine did she wind okay. up purchasing? She ended up buying, she'd never metal detected her in her life. Uh, she ended up buying a Deus. Wow, that that's a bit of a steep dive. Yeah, she she told me she wanted me to find her a place that she could find silver dollars and half dollars. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't <laughs> like to find those places. Yeah. So I told her if I did, I wouldn't be where I was in the middle of a hot cornfield. I'd be out digging silver dollars and a half dollars. Right. Uh, looks like we've got Barb on with us. Go ahead, Barb. Hi, guys. Hi, Barb. Hey, I, you know, all kidding aside, I had a great time. And I, I just, that's just me. Um, I just had to make fun of it. I got the stupid silver. He got the buttons, you know? Oh, I know. Um, I know. Uh, no, I had a great time. It was a beautiful piece of property. Uh, it is what it is, like you say. You know, you got to get your coil, but I really want one of those little coils. Uh, but I had a, a blast and good deal with the water hunting. That was Really, I'm glad I didn't go. I don't like to run into snakes, so I'm glad you <laughs> all on your own. <laughs> yeah, he uh, that, that that actually unnerved me pretty good. I, I'm generally pretty good if I see him in the water, but when his little head was poking up about two and a half feet away from me, and I was looking for a target, I said, "Oh, this isn't fun." <laughs> right, you just stay right there, Mister Water Moccasin. <laughs> oh, yeah, he didn't have to go anywhere because I was running on top of the water away from it. <laughs> <laughs> right, figured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just come back another day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, but yeah, I had a blast with Barb. It was a great time, and like I said, it's always a great, great experience. I met Barb at DIV and. I guess 
most people vouched for. So I, I figured she was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, she's welcome to come and come and dig anytime she passes through. Well, I don't get to dig with many people. It's why I love DIV because everybody shares their stuff. Um, I only have a couple people in the county that do it, and most of them are loners and don't want people going with them. And um, I've tried to hook up with people even in Nashville or Murphy or Franklin, which are, you know, 45 minutes to two hours away, and it's always like they don't get back with you or, you know. So I appreciate it when someone says, yeah, come on, you coming through? Um, we'll definitely go hunting. So I just wanted you to know I had a great time, and I do appreciate it. Well, you know, they're oh, probably well, worried that you're going to find their secret spot where they're digging all these silver dollars and halves. Probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But since since you're on here with us, Barb, maybe you can kind of uh, clarify that. Have you updated to 4.1 yet? I think I have. I'm pretty sure I have. Hmm. But I've okay. been wrong before, you know? Right, right. Well, and and what? like I said, Sunday, if it wasn't ground balancing, then it was probably just defaulting to the 90, and, uh, hey, you were still finding stuff. It, it was defaulting to the 90. That's exactly what it was doing. Nice. Okay. Well, that at least yeah. clarifies that, then. And you said you well, like I'm to... Lying. I'm lying. I just turned my dais on, and it's uh, 4.0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. <clears throat> well, you you may want to think about updating it sometime just to see if that makes much of a difference or not. Who knows? Maybe it won't. Uh, but write, well, down, write down your settings before you do it. Oh, they're all in the book. Can I come back to Richmond to do it? Because it'll take um, 24 hours for my internet to do it. <laughs> yeah, anytime. Anytime. No, I'm, well, I'm serious. The last time I went to update it, um, I snuck my detector into work and updated it in my office because it wouldn't do it here. Yeah, because it takes you like three and a half days to upload a video. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it literally takes me uh, nine minutes, nine to eleven minute video. I will start it at eleven o'clock at night before I go to bed, and when I get up at nine, whenever seven, eight, nine, ten, it don't matter. It is still uploading. Can you imagine having to do that, Matt? <laughs> no. Well, I have. I have done it. When I lived in Montana. We used to have to drive to get cell phone service. It was miserable. Oh wow! So yeah, I can't I actually cannot empathize with that. That's it's not as fun at all. Right. Yeah. So and, I don't know. Maybe McDonald's wireless is better, and I can do it there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I guess you know Matt's probably no stranger to doing the updates for the dais, so he could probably get you through it real quick. Yeah, we can knock it out. Yeah, I'm just going to have to find somebody with fast internet to stop by their place and, um, you know, download it to my computer because that's what you do first and then take the computer and the machine and um, hopefully, I don't know, 
But it is what it is. Yeah, I thought I was 4.1, but I'm not. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll have to, to fix that. I'll work on it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on, Barb. If I can update to 4.1, I'm sure you can figure it out. Oh, I can figure it out. It's just my Internet speed. Right. Well, and, and I do have a little better Internet here, so... I don't know. I guess if you don't figure it out, whenever you make it to Ohio, maybe we can figure it out then. Okay. But, but Matt's close. Or I'll just, or I'll take it to the next DIV and do it there. There you go. There you go. We'll take care of it this fall. And now yeah. they're saying I'm going to do upgrade with the large fry, fires, but it's supposed to be fries. But it's smart. supposed to be fries. Smart uh, fries. Large fires, large fries, same thing, same difference. Yeah. Right. And from uh, from the way it sounds then, even though uh, it may default to 90, you like to run yours a little negative, Matt. Just a little bit. I don't think that, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It seems to do better around the, uh, the soil conditions where I, I'm at. Um, most of the time it's pretty sandy. Um, but I've been in places in my county that is uh, bright red, and the, the ground it will ground balance like sixty-eight to seventy-two. Right. Um, to and you and you have to stick it right on seventy-two, or you're just going to get, I mean, really limited depth. Um, I have a really old colonial house site that's all fallen in, and you just know that there's stuff there, and it's just so difficult to get through. And just get the mineralization right and the, the machine right. Um, I just have a hard time with it. Uh, it's probably one of the most frustrating places I had to hunt. Wow. Sometimes, though, those are good. I mean, it is frustrating, but in the end, it's going to make you a more proficient hunter. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and I I took the uh, I took the day to DIV for one of the last ones. And, Culpepper's notorious for hot ground, and, uh, I, you know, I did pretty well with it. I was hunting it right in the middle of a huge group of people, and I dug five or six pieces of grass, including three flat buttons and some other stuff with the high-frequency core. Um, and probably that health site that I can't find anything out probably helped me a little bit while I was there. Nice. Uh, so, Very good. Yeah. Well, that that may be a few tips for you there, Barb. Well, I can tell you, he has his relic room is going to be really, really nice. He has some great finds. Um, I did get to hold and <coughs> drop the gold coin. Um, what? Thank God it was it was in a case. Thank God. I was a little teeny, and I went, "Oh my God!" And he went, "That's why it's in a case." I went, "Thank you, Jesus." about gave her a coronary yeah i did have a coronary it's a good thing he's a medic if i had dropped dead he would hopefully could have saved me (laughs) well i don't know it was his coin you just mangled it didn't mangle i was like omg i was like oh what do you say i'm sorry shoot me now (laughs) <laughs> She's like, oh my god! It's like it's in a case for a reason. Like it's, it's fine. It's stayed in the it's stayed in the farm field for 120 years. It'll be fine in a plastic case. 
Yeah, I gave it back real quick. I was like, take it, don't hand me nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, it, we didn't hear about this Sunday. <laughs> no, I didn't tell you everything. <laughs> well, Probably then. my most embarrassing moment of handling somebody's relics to drop their gold coin. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't bother me. I mean, it was fine. Well, see, he's still got the the cannon to uh, remember the occasion. <laughs> oh yeah, and I don't know if he heard the show, but when I unpacked, there was a second cannon in my suitcase that I didn't know about. So it's sitting on the table over there. If I make it to DIV and you do too, I'll bring it to you. Oh, I get two cannons, not just one. I didn't know my mother stuck two in my suitcase. Otherwise, I would have grabbed them both. You'll you'll get a kick out of this. My wife was like, oh, my gosh, a cannon. That's awesome. I was like, who are you? (laughs) I love these kind of things. (laughs) I was like, oh, I didn't didn't know you like small cannons. But, yeah, it's in my relic room now, sitting on top. If I get a second one, they'll make great bookends. It's a little smaller, but this one's all metal, where the other one, I think it's all metal. Uh, yeah, it's 100% metal. It's got the uh, part on it that you would hook to the back of the wagon to pull it. Um, it's got dust on it, just like the other one. But um, my dad had, and it does have something on the back. Like, I don't know. It's a C one half manufacturing company. I don't know. Um, but the cannon is brass, I think, and the rest of it is, I don't know what, but it's cool, so you'll get that well, one, too. Well, you see, it still fires. Uh, I don't think so. It's a little, little. <laughs> Ooh, Ohio Relic Hunter said Barb would tear up a junkyard. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so... When did you uh, when did you start your YouTube channel, or what inspired you to start it? Um, I don't know. So the main, I I guess I started thinking about it because I thought about all the relics I'd found and then the experiences I had with other people digging those places, and uh, I've been seeing other channels and stuff, so. My channel started in January of 2016, um, but I have never, um, I just decided I was going to do like a video a month or a video a week, and I think I did maybe 30 videos, but my whole premise of starting my channel was for one day, if I make it to be old and gray and I can't, can't remember anything, I wanted something that I could go back and I assume the internet will always be there or and that YouTube will always be there. But I wanted to go back and look at some of the hunts I'd done, the people I was with and the you know, the stuff I found and all that kind of stuff. Um so that was my premise of why I started mine. Um and you know, the followers, is, it's a really neat experience to go to DIV and meet people that you comment on their videos and to meet uh, Jeff and Lloyd at the last one and um, Scott from Mental Metal to meet him. I mean, just great people, Barb, 
and everybody else that show up to these different events. And then, now you can actually put a face to the name or to the personality on YouTube, you know. Right, yeah, absolutely. Hear them talking uh, in the distance or something. Hey, that voice sounds familiar. I know them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, well, it, I'm kind uh, of nerdy. Like, when I saw uh, Jeff and Lloyd, I was like, I gotta talk to those guys. And my, my buddy, uh, my buddy was like, I don't know who those dudes are. And I'm like, well, I do. Let's go talk to them. So, you know. <laughs> Ten times as nice in person as they seem on on uh, on YouTube. I mean, they're super genuine, great guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so far, I mean, it seems to be doing well for you. You're you're coming up there. You're approaching uh, what a thousand subscribers, I think. Uh, I believe that's yeah. what your your giveaway video was. And I guess you know, hey, great time to mention that too for those who haven't subscribed to you. Yeah, let's, let's just click on it now. I'm at 9.58, so I'm about, what is that, 42 away from 1,000, so that's pretty uh, pretty exciting. Um, I have uh, my my local um, dealer, Cold Harbor Metal Detectors, donated a metal detector for me to give away, um, which is a great starter machine. It's an Xterra 303, um, which is like, Perfect for anybody who ever wanted to start metal detecting. Good machine, easy to learn, um, all of that. And then um, I've got other donations I've been given. I got uh, some gone digging stuff. I've got some uh, dirt pirates uh, stickers, and I got a really cool book called The Urban Treasure Hunter. That is a um, cool book. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know these. I think, you know, books are one of those things that probably my book collection is probably worth more than relics I've ever found. But the the reference and the learning part of that kind of stuff, to me, is tremendous value. Um, so that would be a cool book for hopefully somebody who hasn't read it or uh, starting off, something like that. Nice. And uh, speaking of detecting dealers, we've got our favorite dealer on with us now, too. How's it going, Chuck? Real good, real good. Hey, hey John. One question I got for for you. You seem to go up in the Culpeper area. Uh, are, do you live right near there? I live, um, if I was to drive straight to Culpeper, it would take me about an hour and 30 minutes or a little less. Okay. Um uh, have you ever went to Mount Pelier? Uh, James Madison's Mount Pelier? Yes. yes. I have, have you not. talked with Matt and company? The archaeologist? No, no, I haven't. That would be something that, uh, that I would recommend to you since you have that accessibility is to go up and work with them a little bit. It and would be a great experience. Not only for the experience, but, you know, that particular site and the age of that site, we're going back into the 1600s. And what you may find, and, and it goes to them in the museum, and it's always neat to know if you find something, it gets displayed, your name's on it, and then you learn awesome things about the relics of 
the colonial era, and that would be a great experience for you. I, I've been there. I'm going back this fall. Uh, in fact, I actually am considered staff there when I'm there. Cool. And I work so, people detect hot soil and things like that. Do you do you know Dennis? Yes, I know Dennis Borkman. Do you yeah, know uh, Lance Crosby? I do not know Lance, but I know Dennis pretty well. He is a fantastic guy. Mm -hmm. um, Dennis is a good, good and, guy, and we've hunted together on and off site. And, and then uh, Lance worked for many years as the detectorist there. And I know a lot of people in Orange. When I go out there, I leave a week early. I spend time with Dennis and Lance, and I've got some private permissions, and I go out in different areas up through there. Well, that's fantastic. I would, uh, I'd love to catch up with you sometime. I don't live too far away. In fact, my parents have a, uh, a small mountain cabin in Madison close to Jackson's five day camp. Um, oh, very good. I, very good. So I, I'd love to scout up some, some permissions around you know, there. With but, you being, to me, you're relatively new to the hobby. Nothing wrong well, with that. For, for most of the guys, I, yeah, I have guys that come in, you know, when I, I hang out at the shop, guys that come in and they've detected for as much as 60 years, you know, right. years, uh, right. they, you know, 50 years, it's, it blows yeah. my mind. So, uh, one thing for you, that, that would be fantastic because the, even do their week of detecting with them. Um, I sponsor some of that detectorist program up there because the one thing out there and all over is it brings the archaeologist community in tight with us. I'm going to work with a kid from the University of Iowa on a thing with uh, Jesse, and that's coming down the pike, but I've also been contacted by the University of uh, Minnesota on another one, and, and that gives us our hobby a real good look all the way across the board and tries to tear those barriers down. But what you can learn from Matt and the archaeologists, anything from conserving your finds, the proper conservation techniques, to dating a site by the nails you find uh, as a relic hunter, you can really start doing that kind of stuff. And since you're in the proximity of it, I would, I would highly recommend that to you. I will uh, absolutely check that out. And it's a, uh... Dennis. Dennis is always looking for help. I'll go days early, and we'll go out in different sites and hunt together around Mount Pelier. Yeah, and, and Montpelier spans such a massive uh, amount of time as well because Dennis is telling me about there's a, a fairly large uh, Confederate camp on the back side. Huge that, Confederate uh, camp. They literally they can still go back. I've walked out with Lance doing spot testing and you're finding bullet drops literally we found a pile laying on the surface wow and they're all bullet they're still there wow and there are still lots of things there they leave a lot of things alone i mean it, it, but when they get get into the site, and then they start working, and we're pinning, and we're digging, and we're turning stuff over, and then we're conserving items we find, and then we try to draw a map of any type of building by the nails and that type of things you find. You would love it. You sound like the kind of guy that would get into it. Yeah, I will have to. I will definitely go uh, 
make uh, make some time to do that. Yeah, and do some YouTube on it. People need to see what's going on. I have a YouTube channel, but my time is limited, and I'm right. not what you very good with a camera <laughs> by myself. Oh, and one other thing. thing. I want you. I want you to remember one thing. You you made a mention about where old guys wouldn't go earlier. Old guys rule. We've either been there or we're just a little slower at it. <laughs> I guess old guys is maybe the maybe the wrong term. Um. <laughs> I, I posted up, should I call in on that? <laughs> yeah, I'll have to have to uh check that out. Now I got I got another one. I got another one for you, Barb. Barb was talking a little bit. Something about you being a cute guy. Look out, Barb's on the hunt there. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I had cute young guys get permission. Easy. I mean, look at. Her. He, well, I saw guys. that statement. Them old gals like them cute guys, don't they? I have to take him with me a couple of places. There's an old gal outside Orange and owns a large property. It's got a large Confederate camp on it. She always hems and haws. And I have tried to get on there, and um, so have many others. And oh, there you go. Shove Matt out there in front of you. There you go. Got <laughs> a bad eyelash, whatever it is. I'm not engaging that, you know. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Relic says, go get him, Chuck. <laughs> Bill Hayes, all the old guys are chipping in now. You're in trouble. <laughs> I know. I, I started something. Thanks. <laughs> right. I'm not one to let something fun lay. Have a little fun with it. I mean, that's the whole thing about this. I'm just like you. I, I like to see the people I hunt with succeed. I like to see my customers succeed. I want them to get into the hobby with the right equipment. I see too many dust bunnies hanging on cheap detectors they bought and put a closet and never really got into it because they went out and they bought that $99 or $129 special, and I try to steer them into the right stuff. And, and buying it on, on Amazon, there is a huge influx of Chinese equipment showing up again. So I tell people, buyer beware. There's a bunch of that going around lately. So, you know, you want them to feed, you want good stuff in their hands. You know what I tell folks, too, and, and it goes the same the same side, too, is that, you buy you buy from the local guys who the people who are going to take care of you who who you they're going to go back and they're going to drop what they're doing and and they're going to they're going to get you right and get you straight they're not you know the good local guys they're not going to sell you a twenty eight hundred dollar metal detector because they think they can sell you it if it's the wrong machine for you they're going to or, sell you what what's going to be the best for you. Or more importantly, they're not going to sell you that machine and then just leave you hanging. They're going to provide that customer support. Oh, yeah. put the and you made a wise choice when you got started going into the E-Track. The E-Track is a fantastic machine. The one before it, the SE Pro, literally, and I'll swear on the Bible, I always got more depth with that, but it was very difficult to read what it was telling you. Once you figured it out, it was amazing. But the E-Track, that 12-line got leveled out, and everybody could then start understanding what you were hearing and mm -hmm. seeing. 
Good machine. Good starter. That, I spent a lot of time researching that machine, and I second-guess myself. Well, in Montana in the wintertime, there's not a whole lot to do because it's either dark or snowing. Um, right. And if you don't like either either of those things, you probably should move out of there. Um, but yeah, I spent a lot of time researching, and uh, it was a, a very uh, – I, I, I really felt like I did, did pretty well. And, again, I bought that from a local guy, local to me, and he always took care of me whenever I uh, – I needed something or I needed an upgrade or I wanted to trade in, you know, something mm-hmm. anything like that. So, um, so, so right. very, they, they really very enjoy seeing those return customers. Do you still have your e-track? You know, I don't. Um, and sometimes I regret not, not still having it, but with a waterproof on the CTX, it pretty much takes care of everything. You know. The CTX is that's my go-to machine, and I use a lot. I've been using this this cruiser, and it surprised me on some depth. Um, I've been using uh, the 600. Now I've got an 800 actually charging up up there. I got them out to my customers, and I've I've been so busy with that, and uh, I'm really going to put it through its paces because I'm seeing some pretty good stuff with it, and uh, and it's a good machine. Lightweight, the, so I think it's going to give the Deus a hard run. I, I think it is. I just I'm a guy who wants just a little bit more information. When I took the 800 out for for a run, knowing that I didn't have, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover, and just one outing isn't it. But I just right. felt no, like after CTX, CTX, the the 800 just didn't give me what I. Uh, what I wanted information-wise. I just wanted more. Well, yeah, it's not set up, say, like the 3030 with the amount of information you can see uh, and hear with uh, target tracing and and, and uh, the different tone variations. It's, it's a lightweight, a little easier machine uh, with a little different concept in the electronic versions than they've had before. And it's out there to fill that market for the lightweight, good machine and in a price line that's a little more affordable. And um, it's very popular right now. So yeah, the water, absolutely. It's, swing in the water is killer. It's dead, dead unbelievably silent and works really? well. Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, yeah, I've been here for years saying they can't believe how stable it is in salt sand and water wow well, i may have to find a new beach machine now but i, I oh. think i'm going to end up with that excalibur one day one day Not. well there you go <clears throat> yep and especially I just, with I'll the uh, diet ask since you're in that area if you ever have the chance talk with dennis get in with matt and go down there, and they'll let you volunteer because we save those archaeologists thousands of hours of trying to do bucket sampling and through an area try to figure out building sites. And we've been in there, and we found slave quarters and barns and the horse area and stuff out. We were trying to find the original road because they know the road that's in front of Madison's the way it is now is not the original ro- roadway, 
and and just different things like that and helping them lay this out because that site is just awesome. Yeah, and I that, think um, he really would like the experience. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll definitely talk. Have to run and talk to Dennis and and give it I a go. I don't know that I'm going to make DIV because I don't know the date yet. I'll sign up for it probably, and and because I'm coming a week ahead of. Uh, we've got a detecting group in the first week of November out at uh, Mount Pelier, and there's several from my area here going, and I'm, I'm going back out. Matt wanted me to come back out because they're a little thin with help. So I'm going to go back out. My wife works in the lab then. She loves trying to puzzle all that broken glass, uh, china and glassware together. So I'll be out there for a couple weeks. Yeah, I will, we'll definitely keep in touch then. And, uh, catch up like i said i'm just a couple hours up the road and i don't i don't mind taking a ride for sure oh there so, you go i Sounds would like, like to meet up with you and meet you and, uh, yeah and, uh, absolutely we'll get after it awesome Good so i'll deal. back out of here and let you guys kind of finish up and uh thanks for letting me call in there josh and and kind of twist it around a little bit we'll talk to you later always a pleasure chuck thanks for the call all right buddy Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Barb, Thanks, stay out of trouble. Never. <laughs> Never. Bye-bye. Well, I guess uh, we have kept you on for a while, uh, but before we get out of here, we should probably let people know about your Facebook group as well and anything else you may like to cover before you go. Uh, I don't know. Anybody want to catch up with me on Facebook? Um, it's... Uh, Facebook. I think the page is uh, it's just a relic hunting page gone digging. It's pretty low key. I just post a few things before I post them online. Um, same thing with my YouTube channels, just gone digging. Um, that's that's about it. Um, yeah, like I said I, I appreciate you guys having me out on the show. Um, I'll definitely uh, take some uh, take some time and go check up catch up with the guys in Montpelier and. Maybe we'll make a video out of that. Um, I've got oh, a I'm, video. I look forward digging, to that. <laughs> digging with Barb coming up. Um, so that'll be fun. So you guys actually get to see what we're talking about. Right. Um, what else? So, yeah, that's, that's about it. You know, I, I think Chuck makes a really interesting point about the archaeologist stuff. Um, I don't know if anybody's followed the, the news out of... Uh, Manassas at Bull Run where they're, they've exhumed two soldiers and, uh, what they, they're calling a surgeon's pit. Uh, yes, I, I do recall running across that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And, and those, um, those fellows were, um, two unknown soldiers and what they, they died from their wounds in the battle of, uh, second Bull Run or Manassas. Um, but man, if you could get to work with some of those guys, the Park Service would ever get you involved with that. Think of all the soldiers and history we could find out of the ground with those. You know, oh, those yeah, sites. absolutely. Absolutely. You, you're you uh, bringing this history back to light. And maybe in some situations, kind of like with uh, Montpelier, you could even potentially be helping to rewrite the history. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
So, but. I mean, that's that's a, a pretty pretty large task, uh, but you've got big shoulders. I'm sure you can handle it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll work on it with Montpelier, and we'll, we'll go on from there, I guess. <laughs> right. Baby steps. <laughs> that's right. Well, you have been just an absolute pleasure, though, to have on the show. It's It's been really great uh, to hear some of your stories and experiences, as well as some of the knowledge on the machines. I'm sure Barb uh, herself even found some of that to be very helpful. Well, thanks. I, uh, I just I try to pass it on, try to help Barb out. I wasn't holding back on her. Don't let her, don't let her fool you. <laughs> no <laughs> secret program. I think Barb is holding back on us. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I yeah. Dug so much, I dug so much clad there. I found the clothesline, and I just kept digging the clad, hoping there would be good stuff underneath it. And I finally said, I don't want this crap. I can dig this anywhere. And moved just a little bit away, and bam, silver, silver. <laughs> well, yeah, at least it was silver. But really yeah, though, I yeah. think I think Matt was right though. That that was definitely cool that apothecary weight. It, it, you know what? When I dug it, I looked at it and I went, I don't think that's crap. And so I <laughs> put my it just looked different. You know, it was like I think I've seen this before. What is it? And so right. I put my stuff down and walked over. He goes, what you got? And I go, I don't know. Is it junk or is it good? And he's like, give me your toothbrush. And went at it. And he's like, oh, no, this is a cool find. Ah, so you were going, a little help here, please. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time, you know. Hey, nothing wrong with that. You know, it, you learned something new that day. I, I did. And he said, I think it's this. And... It, when he got to see the little mark, and he went, oh, yeah, it is. So um, that's a really cool find. Absolutely. And that's part of the fun in it, too. You know, you guys were out. You had a great day enjoying the company and even getting to teach each other a few things and just having a good time. And I got 50 mosquito bites to prove it. <laughs> Their mosquitoes were horrible. I, did, I didn't think I was the only one that. I was hoping I was the only one that noticed that. <laughs> yeah, no, we sprayed down. We sprayed down, and I'll tell you, it just got to the point, it's like, whatever, I'm tired of swatting it. You just bite me, whatever. And so <laughs> I, I've got marks all over me. Wow. Well, you know, hey, you, you braved them. It sounds like you got you made some good finds. Matt made some nice finds. It was a good day. It was. It was. Good That's deal. right. That's right. So. Well, hopefully, Matt, continued success with your giveaway and YouTube channel and hopefully continued success with the Facebook group. I see people have been joining. And uh, for those who may not have caught it, uh, the links for the group and the YouTube channel are in the description of the show as well as in the post that was dropped earlier today. So they shouldn't have any problem finding the group or channel, hopefully. <laughs> well, much appreciated. So thanks, uh, thanks, thanks for a great show. I mean, what do you do for uh, 
improving the hobby and bringing everybody together is really not measurable. So it's uh, very, very cool. Well, thank you. Uh, we try. <laughs> we try. But uh, a lot of it is in part uh, due to the great listeners and great guests such as yourself and Barb. Well, so we certainly appreciate you taking time with uh, setting down with us tonight, Matt. You have been a pleasure. And, uh, hey, welcome back anytime. Maybe we'll get to hear from you again sometime. That sounds great. That sounds great. All right. Well, good luck out there in the field, and, and we'll uh, speak it to you another time. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, everybody. All right. Well, there you go. Hi. Oh, okay. We'll see you, Barb. Well, there you go. Uh, you know, gone digging. Matt Howell. And, man, I'm telling you what, good stories, uh, especially if you're a Deus user or thinking about getting into a Deus. Sounds like there was some good information there with that. Hopefully some of that may have even helped Barb. Eh, we'll we'll see what happens. Barb does plenty good on her own, though. Definitely plenty good on her own. Uh, other than that, I think we're going to roll on out of here. We've got some storms that are supposed to be coming through the area, and it may start to wreak some havoc with us. But we certainly do appreciate Matt for being on and taking the time tonight. Welcome back anytime. He was just great to speak with really is a great guy if you haven't seen any of his videos you should drop onto youtube and check some of those out really great guy uh along with that we appreciate everyone that dropped into the chat or catches the archive uh <clears throat> even got a message the other night from a listener who catches the archives rarely gets a chance to listen live had some questions about the Equinox uh, from when we were talking about it Sunday. Uh, got the questions answered the best I could. Hopefully I steered him in the right direction. It sounds like I did. And who knows? Maybe we'll even hear from him sometime in the future. Maybe he'll drop in and call. Uh, you just never know what's going to happen around here. Who knows? I, I don't even know what uh, Sunday's going to bring. I guess we'll have to see what happens. You never know. So, if you all enjoyed the show, oh, and there he is. I see that uh, Loy is in the house as well, digging with Seven. Uh, hopefully he wasn't in the chat and caught wind of the old timers. <laughs> now, all joking aside, though, uh, definitely Loy and, and Jeff, they do a great job over there with Relics Radio impeccable sound quality great guests and i believe you will not be disappointed once again tomorrow night they've got a couple more great guests it's going to be a good show uh who knows if i'll be in the chat much but i will be listening so if you all enjoyed the show make sure and throw us a like right here you can follow us here on spreaker uh you can follow us on the groups on facebook like Beyond Sight and Sound page, the Metal Detecting Beyond Sight and Sound group, Ohio Relic Hunter, Adventures in History, Dirt Pirates, Gone Digging. You know, you can find the link there in the description. And while you're at it, make sure and check out Matt's channel. If you haven't already. Uh, 
good good job with the videos and and he's even working on on a little little bit of a live stream himself over there on YouTube that we forgot to touch on but you know hopefully we'll see something from that soon it sounds like it will be very interesting and best of luck and success with that as well so I think we're going to roll on out of here, but for everyone else, thanks for dropping in. Thanks again to Matt, and uh, thanks to our callers, Barb and Chuck, both very good calls. I think that Chuck had some great information, and uh, I think Matt's really going to enjoy Montpelier if he looks into it. That sounds like that's going to be right down his alley. So, have a wonderful evening, folks. We're out of here. We'll catch you on the pages. Take care. <laughs>